Hey everyone, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to this week's show. So today's episode is called The Definitive Guide to Strategic Planning. Now, when it's a solo episode like today, I don't normally do an intro. But you see, this this episode was actually inspired by my mastermind group, Empire Elite, where we were doing some work on planning and it was very, very clear to me that everyone has different views on this sort of stuff and no one really has what I call the playbook on how to build an effective strategic plan. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to create some content for them, but it's such a valuable piece of content, such a valuable thing to know as an entrepreneur and business owner, I wanted to put it out into the world to you guys so that you can use this framework to be able to plan your business plan your goals, your outcomes, plan your scaling up, plan your ultimate exit if that is what you're trying to do. Now, in this episode, I will refer to some slides uh, quite a a few times. There is a link in the show notes to those slides, but we're also going to put this on my YouTube channel as well because it's definitely, because it's the definitive guide, we're going to go deep. It's one of those things that you need to look at the structure to be able to pick apart the things that you want to be able to apply to your business. So I hope you like this. This is how we do it in private equity. This is how we can go into a business that's failing and turn it around quickly. This is how we can scale to an exit in, you know, what is a very short amount of time. This is how we can build value for shareholders and build wealth for ourselves. So a super important Um, set of tools, if you like, or framework for you to be able to apply. So listen, here it is. It's just me, the definitive guide to strategic planning. I hope you enjoyed the episode. So one of the questions I get asked all the time is, how can I plan more precisely? How can I have more discipline, more structure around my planning processes? And I get asked that a lot when businesses, business owners specifically, are going from the transition from startup into scale-up. Because if you think about it, when you're a startup, which might be you in a garage with a mate or a couple of friends, everything is, is you know, quite accessible to you, right? You know, you don't have a lot of complexity. In fact, you have a heap of creativity. And the whole nature of startup is really about trying things out, testing, iterating, And going again. So you could argue that having too much structure when you're in that phase of your business cycle, business growth is actually going to hold you back. It's going to, you know, kind of get you too confused, confounded, all these different things when actually what you really want to be doing is doing stuff with agility and pace so that you start to get product market fit and some form of traction. Now, the irony, though, which I think is quite, quite interesting, is that when you go from startup into scale-up, you need to be operating differently, right? And the reason for that is quite simple. The whole definition of scaling is being able to grow your business, to build value in your business through people and process. So this idea of where you had accessibility and proximity beforehand, if you have teams of people that could be 20, 30, 50, 100, 1,000, you can't do that anymore. So what you have to do is introduce some structure to your business. And one of the key components of creating structure, which then drives growth, drives value, creates more predictability, more sustainability, is having a proper strategic planning cadence. So what I'm going to do is take you through how we do it in private equity, because interestingly, in private equity, things happen more quickly than 
other entities, right? So we'll buy a business, we'll scale it up, we'll exit that business in a three to five year window sometimes, which is really, really small and tight when you consider some people have their businesses for years and never get to that level of value growth um, and wealth from their businesses. So what is it that private equity does that we can learn from that is super precise, super focused, that you can take away and incorporate in your business. Okay, so that's where I'm coming from today. So the title of this really is Strategic Planning, How to Do It, right? Why it's important, but most importantly, how it can impact business value. Okay, so whatever phase you're at, you might even still be in startup, but you are going to hit the scale-up phase, so this is for you. You might be in the scale-up phase right now and wondering why all the things you did in startup are no longer working. Well, I'm going to unpack that today. So this is definitely for you. And you might be at the point where you're thinking, you know what, I want to exit my business in the next few years. Well, this is definitely for you because if someone comes in and looks at the business, uh, an investor, a financial buyer, they are going to expect you to have some structure in place. Otherwise, how are they going to evaluate whether your business has the potential to keep growing into the future so they're going to get, so they are going to get a return on their investment okay i'm going to go into this in a little bit more detail as we get forward but that is that is the intro into what i want to cover okay so let's get on with it so we are going to talk about strategic planning specifically i'll touch on what strategic planning is in alignment with annual planning budgeting that sort of thing I'm going to talk about why it's important. I'm going to talk about the key components of an effective annual framework. And then we're going to talk about how you can build a planning cadence in your business to drive performance, to drive growth, to drive value. So firstly, hope is not a strategy. This is a, this is a quote that I heard once. I'm not sure even sure who said it. But if you think about it, you can't hope your way to an outcome, right? There's nothing... You might be lucky sometimes, but I wouldn't want to build a high-value business based purely on luck. I want to put things in place which decrease the time to an outcome, but more importantly, increase the certainty to a result that I want to achieve. And what we're really talking about with planning in general, but most importantly, strategic planning, is including more intention around what you are focusing on, what resources you're allocating, so that you can achieve things in a way which which is you know demonstrable, uh, effective, and ultimately is um, something that is replicable as well if someone wants to acquire your business in the future. Okay, so let's get right into it. Now, where does this fit in terms of scale to sale methodology? So this is this is my proprietary methodology that I created from over a decade working in private equity. These are the elements that in private equity we equity we focus on so that we can get a result in a quicker time than most businesses, most people. Okay? So this fits in two two parts, two pillars. Firstly, it is the clear end game pillar, pillar 1, because you have to know where you're going, you have to have a clear vision of what you're trying to build to create in order to plan around it, in order to create strategies to achieve it. Okay, so there's that clarity of vision piece. The second thing is you have to have this is what I call call one of the key foundations. So how you plan, how you build value in your business is a foundational piece. And the more that you can show someone externally how it works and 
the more that that planning process that you create and instigate is transferable to a new owner, the higher the multiple that you are going to be able to sell your business. Okay, so just take heed of that. As I said from the outset, this this is really for people who are in startup to scale up to exit because the process that you build enables you to go through those various phases. So what is strategic planning? Well, firstly, it is a process. It's a process in which an organization's leaders define their vision, right? Defining their vision for the future, what you're trying to create. And it's about identifying the organization's goals and objectives, Okay, two things, defining the vision and identifying those goals and objectives. And the reason those are both important is it's the process. Strategic planning is the process or the sequence in which those goals should be realized so that the organization can reach its stated vision. Okay, so I'm just going to repeat that. Super important. It's the sequence. It's the sequence in which those goals should be realized. It's the order you do them in, right, that allows you to keep pushing forward towards achieving that vision. Okay, now there is a cascade, simply meaning there is a sequential way of looking at this that tends to be quite typical, certainly in the world of private equity. Right, the first thing is, as, as mentioned, vision and align with that mission. Now, I often say to people, don't go too far out. You can have a life vision that's 20 years, but when you're talking about business, I think three years out is the perfect time frame. Three years out because the world's changing. We've got lots of things happening right now. We've got digital disruption. We've had pandemics. We've got you know, uncertainty in political environments. We've got recessions. All these different things are happening. If you try and plan five years out, 10 years out, you, you just don't have the ability to be able to predict what's going to happen. Okay, three years out even feels a little bit long, right? Some people challenge that, but I think it's a, it's a good time frame to be thinking about the vision of what you're going to create. That said... You then want to bring that back to the current year and have a one-year focus plan. So three-year vision, one-year focus plan. And from that, you start to identify the key objectives, the key results that you want to achieve. From that, you work out the strategies of how you're going to achieve those objectives and results. Now, just a point on strategy. People get confused by what strategy is. Strategy is simply the how. Okay, it is simply the how you choose to get from A to B. It's how you achieve your objectives to get the result to deliver your vision. Okay, it's not the action, it's the choices you make before that. And when you set a strategy, you then, then, you then need to be thinking about the resources that you're going to allocate to that. And I'm going to take you through a bit more of a structure to this in a second. Okay, for those of you who are listening to this uh, on the podcast, there will also be a video on my YouTube channel with some slides so that you can actually see what I'm talking to. This is one of those things where I'm going down the rabbit hole a little bit. So I think it's important for you to be able to visualize this, visualize this if you need to as well. So after we've done the strategies and resource allocation, we then want to take action. And I like to use the term strategic priorities. My good friend Gino Wickman calls them rocks. But these are the choices that you make and the order that you make those choices to effectively deliver the strategies to make sure that your objectives and key results happen, okay? After that, it's about evaluating what's working and what's not and measuring all around that, so measuring all the different performance indicators. And then lastly, it's about celebrating, rewarding, and recognizing the people who have helped you achieve those various objectives on your way to that vision, okay? So the cascade again, number one, vision and mission. Number two, objectives and key results. 
Number three, strategies and resource allocation. Four, action, strategic priorities or rocks. Five, evaluation and measurements. Six, celebration and reward. Okay. So why is all this important? Well, firstly, as I said, businesses need direction and they need organization. They need goals to work towards, okay, especially as they scale, right? So you have to achieve more through people and process as you scale versus startup, right, as I mentioned. So therefore, you need to have some form of organization around that, okay, some form of structure. So strategic planning, just by pure definition, offers this type of guidance. It offers discipline. It offers clarity. And the way I like to simplify this, essentially, a strategic plan is a roadmap to achieving business goals. Okay, that's all it is. It's a roadmap. Like you wouldn't, okay, we've got GPSs these days, but, you know, if you didn't have a GPS or a map and you tried to get from A to B, particularly if that A to B is a complex um, journey, right? You, you got hardly any chance of getting there without some form of help. So the strategic plan is exactly that. It's the roadmap to helping you achieve those things so that you create more certainty around the outcome. So if you don't have that guidance, what can happen? Well, firstly, there is no way of telling whether your business is on track or if it's off the mark, okay? There's no true understanding of efficiency, effectiveness, and ROI, return on investment from activities, right? So any resource allocation, you're not sure if that's actually working or not, if you haven't got this in place. And lastly, if you have investors or you plan to sell your business in the future, a strong strategic planning framework adds significant value. Why? Because it mitigates risk. And again, it shows a pathway. It shows that there is proof behind what you've done previously, which means that that growth, right, that value can extend into the future. So I'll segue a little bit here just to talk about private equity because I set this up to say that we, as in private equity, do this well. So there's a concept called value expansion in private equity. And quite often we'll buy an initial business. It's called a platform acquisition. And then we'll look at creating value in that platform in five separate ways. Now, the first one is the way that most business owners think about value. They think about revenue growth. Okay, I want to grow the top line revenue. So we do that in private equity too. However, we do these other things. And when you combine everything together, that's where you get the true multiplier, if you like, um, or the acceleration of this value. So revenue growth is one. The second one is margin expansion. So how can we operate more efficiently, drive costs down, introduce technology to increase the margin, to increase the profit? Once we have those two things dialed in, which is the general, what I call the bread and butter of just kind of growing or expanding a business, we overlay strategic acquisitions or bolt-ons, okay? So we buy other companies and we bring them into the platform to create more of a group. And that has the ability to really, again, not just accelerate, but make that sort of value more exponential because you're working on revenue margin and then you're adding on top of that more revenue and margin through through acquisitions. Once you've built that out to a certain level and in private equity, we have a target that we're working back from that we want to sell the group to because obviously we, we realize value for our shareholders and for us at that point, we look at debt pay down. So in order to be able to do acquisitions, we often have some debt in the business. We look to pay that debt down, okay? So again, we're increasing the, the profit. We're also increasing the, the value of the business on the balance sheet. 
And then from that, we look at what is called multiple expansion, okay? And a lot of the stuff that I've spoken about previously on the podcast is about intangible assets or intangible capitals on the, on the balance sheet. I've talked about the quality of leadership, structures and processes, the customers that you choose to serve, your brand, your culture. We look at those things and we look at building from that transfer value. And all of that allows us to exit the business, not just successfully, right? But it allows us to exit at the highest possible value. So if you think about it, we're buying smart, right? And we're selling smart, but we're doing five things in the middle of that to be able to to create that value. Now, I segue into that a little bit because a lot of what we talk about in planning, you know, because of the level of activity that we're doing, we need to have the structure to allow us to operate with that level of precision, Okay. So what does an annual framework look like? I'm going to run through this quickly, but as I said beforehand, if you can get onto my YouTube channel, you'll be able to see this um, a lot more clearly. And in fact, you can copy it down and use this as a framework in your business. Okay, so I suggest that you do that. So firstly, we start off with what is called situation analysis, which is where are we now? Where are we today? And we look at that through some basic business concepts, right, that you may have heard of before if you've ever studied business or read any books on this stuff. So we look at strengths and weaknesses, opportunities and threats, so a SWOT analysis, as it's sometimes called. We look at competitors and the competitive environment. And we look at the things where we win versus all of those other areas. So sometimes these are called win themes, okay? Where is it that we have a disproportionate advantage in the market versus competition that we can keep building upon so that, you know, it becomes something that absolutely differentiates us. Okay. Now in the the words of good old Seth Godin, purple cow, what is it that makes us unique and remarkable? Okay. So once we've done that work, and this is all part of the, the annual planning framework. So we're doing this as an annual process. We then look at where are we going? So that's vision, mission, objectives, key results. Now, remember, this is an annual framework I'm talking about right now. So you would have done a bigger vision piece beforehand. So this is really about sense checking, certainly sense checking the vision and the mission. Is our purpose still on point or has things changed? And then we want to start looking at the objectives and key results that are moving us towards that vision. Okay. Now, once we are clear on, you know, where we are and where we're going, then we need to think about how are we going to get there? Okay, what is the pathway, right? What are the choices? And this is where strategies and resource allocation that I mentioned previously come in. You know, we could potentially do many things to get to where we want to go, but what are the ones that are going to give us the best return, the quickest result, um, the less risk? What are they? Okay, and that's why we want to evaluate that. And this is where you start to bring in the, what I call the key components of business planning, sort of sometimes underneath the functional areas in a business. So you want to look at the strategies and the resource allocation from a perspective of your leadership and management, from the perspective of finance, you know, how you are going to plan the financial performance of the business, from your product or your service or how you extend those, from your commercial activity, your marketing and sales from your operations, how you fulfill what you're supposed to fulfill in your business. How do you fulfill your product or your service? And then lastly, but arguably most importantly, how how are you going to do it through your people and culture? What are your values going to be? How are we going to measure people against those values so that when we bring everything together and we're delivering you know, to our clients and our customers, 
it's an amazing experience as well as being a valuable experience for what we're trying to build. Okay, so you can have strategies, if you like, that sit within those those functional areas. And then you can take, you know, the, the ones that really join up and they can be your clear business wide priorities. Now, I often say, right, even though you're doing annual planning, you should think about your strategic priorities or rocks by quarter. So each function in the business can have three to five strategic priorities, but your business should have, in my opinion, somewhere between three and seven business-wide priorities per quarter, okay, or three, three, to, three to seven um, rocks per quarter. So if you've got all the functional areas doing their own, how do you choose the three to seven? Well, that's where you get in a room with your leadership and you have to put them in order. You know, what are the things for the next 90 days that are going to get us towards where we want to get to? And that doesn't mean you're saying no to everything else. You're just saying sometimes not yet to everything else. Okay. But unless you do that, you can end up with a laundry list of priorities, priorities, priorities. And like, and you know, it doesn't take, take a, a huge brain to work out that if you have too many priorities, you have none, right? Because you're going to get confused. That's why I found three to seven is the sweet spot. In some case, less is more. If you can deliver three really big priorities that move you forward in 90 days and that shifts where you're trying to get to. That's much better than trying to have seven, which you can only put a little bit of attention to. Okay. Right. So that's how we're going to get there. And then the last piece is how will we know when we have arrived? Okay. So this is where data measurement analysis insights come in. So you want to be able to track, you want to be able to track progress against all of your priorities and initiatives. You want to be able to measure any programs that you or campaigns that you have going in any 90-day cycle. And then you obviously want to monitor and report all the financial and KPI results that are against those various priorities so that when you get to the end of the 90 days, you can see how everything's tracking. So the way to think of this, even though I said this is an annual framework, it is, but we break everything down into these 90-day cycles because you can focus much more. So even though they might be laddering out to a big outcome at the end of the year, you're breaking them down into chunks so that you can effectively manage them, talk about them, you know, communicate certainly across the business, make sure that everyone in the team is incentivized as well as clear on the direction. Okay. So that's what an annual framework looks like. And you will note that as I sort of went through that, it goes back very similar or similarly to the cascade that I mentioned previously. Okay, a couple of things missing, but I'm going to touch on those in a second. Okay, so cadence, what does it look like? So if we start with vision, you can start with vision, which I said is a long way out. It can be longer than three years, but I like that three-year cycle. Then you've got the one-year plan, the quarterly rocks, the quarterly review. Then you've got monthly, weekly, and sometimes daily. Sometimes you need to look at what you're doing daily. Now, Depends on your business, and I don't recommend it for long periods of time because it can get too granular. But if you've got big things, big initiatives or campaigns happening, then maybe you do need to review what you're doing on a daily basis. But if I take you through how I do it, I look at a vision cycle, as I mentioned, every three years, five years max. This is business vision. Then annual strategic planning happens you know, once a year. Normally, I like to go off-site with my teams. I like to do it face-to-face, and I like to do it over a couple of days, quite often with a dinner in between the days so people can kind of spend some time together because, you know, this is rigorous stuff, right? We're talking about choices and strategies and looking at numbers and looking at the market, you know, research, insights. So 
you want to be able to be really focused and it's best to do that in my opinion offsite away from any any office if you have that after you finish the strategic planning on that annual basis you want to go into a period of budgeting and that should be led by your CFO or your finance department um, it can be a four to six week process it's often a top-down, bottom-up view, meaning that you ha- you have certain numbers that you think you want to hit, but then you have to see how realistic those numbers up by uh, numbers are by getting teams or leaders underneath the various functions to sort of validate your assumptions. Once you have a budget, and then you can start moving into the more regular cadence. So this is where we have the quarterly review and prioritization that I mentioned beforehand. Sometimes you have quarterly board meetings if you want to bring some additional governance in, like private equity does to your business. They are often half or full day, and I do recommend that they are face-to-face as well. Then you have monthly performance reviews, and they can be about 90 minutes. They can be online. They can be digital, virtual. No problem there. This is where you're going through the monthly performance versus the quarterly rocks, okay? Then I like to have weekly check-ins. I do this with all of my businesses. These can be, you know, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, uh, always online, you know, always a Zoom call or something like that, always metrics-based. But I'm really just checking to make sure that we're on track for the monthly review and then obviously on track for the quarterly review, okay? And I mentioned previously daily check-ins. Yeah, they're great if you're running campaigns. So if I have a big launch where I've put a lot of money into a product or service, then you know as we're leading up to the launch and maybe at the beginning of the launch, we'll have daily analysis to see if it's working or not, to see if we have to change anything. But then eventually when things start to bed in, we'll move into a weekly cadence because that is generally more effective. Okay. Lots here, as I said, I'm going to keep saying it. Have a look at the video with the slides if you are confused about how I'm taking you through this. It will definitely help as you incorporate this into your business. Okay, so I mentioned before that um, in the cadence that I um, recommended, the typical cadence, there's there was a celebration and reward piece. And I've just got a quote here from Sir Richard Branson. Clients do not come first employees come first. If you take care of the employees, they'll take care of the clients. And I do love that because I think as you scale, one of the definitions of culture is this idea that, you know, people people will do stuff when you're not around. It's not about having leadership spying on everybody. You know, the culture and values determine how people operate, how they think, how they feel about situations. And one of the things that's important, I think, if you're going to bring some structure into a planning process is you need to make sure that there is key points of recognition and reward for all these people that are that are that are literally delivering your vision and th- this can be lots of different things i've been in businesses before where the values are so clear that they have uh, quarterly awards for people who are living the values i've had uh, individual team members or employees nominate or vote for other employees so it doesn't become just a top-down leadership thing. But the important piece here is that whatever structure you think is going to work for your business, you need to some somehow bring in this reward and recognition for performance. My recommendation is either having quarterly awards, sometimes you can have monthly, um, or, an, or a bigger annual awards function, whatever else, but there has to be some way of demonstrating that you're serious, right? Like, you know, when people are focused and they're delivering results, that they also get to benefit from that as well. Okay, last little piece. So a lot of what I talk about on the podcast, as you know, is about accelerating value or value expansion. So what we've covered today is all of the elements of that. Now, some of this thinking comes from the Exit Planning Institute. I tend to operate a little bit 
add, well, I tend to add a little bit more to it, my own sort of flair to it. But the point I really want to make here is that a lot of businesses, certainly more traditional businesses, they just focus on growth. Okay. And from that slide, I, I went through with um, the private equity way of thinking about value expansion. You know, revenue growth, profit growth is just one part right? It's just one part. It doesn't mean that you're going to be able to sell your business for the highest multiple when you choose to do it. So traditional businesses will focus on growth and then they'll engage a broker or an investment banker and expect that they're going to sell their business for a lot of money. And a lot of them actually get very, very sorely um, woken up, if you want to call it that, when they realize that there's more to it, right? So the stuff that I like to focus on is what I call the, the value build in the middle, the stuff that actually is creating value which has more layers to it than just the revenue and profit growth, okay? And the, the key thing and, and the reason for doing this, this podcast episode, this presentation today is really just to say it all starts with planning. It all starts with having intention and structure around your planning. And if you're struggling right now in, in that sort of pathway into scale up, whatever size business you are, I've seen businesses well into the eight figures not have this in place and then they really hit a wall at some point because they haven't done this, then this is this is absolutely the answer to being able to get you through that. So anyway, anyway hope that was valuable. Um, hope everyone enjoyed that. I actually decided to do this episode for my uh, mastermind students. So the ones that are in our Empire Elite program, because many of them are in this kind of scale-up journey. And week in, week out, we talk about people in process, people in process, need to find the right people. Well, yes, absolutely. But you also have to have the right planning in place. And then, you know, trying to identify those things becomes much easier. So, so anyway, so this was something that was definitely needed for them. But I thought, you know what, it's such a valuable topic that doesn't get enough airplay that I'm going to put it out there as a Scale Up with Nick Bradley podcast episode. So there you have it. Um, as I said, look out for the YouTube channel. We'll make sure there's a link in the show notes. And I hope that you get a heap of value from this. Get back in touch, questions, comments, like that. That was new, Nick. Didn't think about it like that beforehand. All of those things. I love all that. It certainly helps me. And as I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show, or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.